Beard. That's her name, right? Clinging Beard. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob and Yurt Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church. Back around, what, 13 years ago, I was on C-SPAN, and it was a long-format discussion about one of Colorado's, in fact, Colorado's first statewide abolitionist personhood amendment. It was Amendment 48. And C-SPAN asked me to come on along with a Planned Parenthood associate who was with the No on 48 campaign, and her name, Crystal Clinkenbeard. There's just, that's quite a name, Crystal Clinkenbeard. So we'd like to air this. We've never done this before. And here and there, I'll interrupt with a stop the tape. But one thing we could look for is whether or not the abolitionist arguments, the personhood arguments, have stood the test of time in the past 13 years. Certainly, we believe they have. Let's see. All week, we have been taking a look at various amendments, uh, state amendments, uh, ballot amendments on uh, various states across the United States. We continue today by looking at a measure in Colorado. It is called Colorado Amendment 48. And we have two guests to talk about the issues today. On the left-hand side of your screen is Bob Enyart. He is the director for Colorado Right to Life. And then on the right on your screen, Crystal Clinkenbeard with No on Colorado Amendment 48. To both of you, thank you for joining us uh, this morning. Thank you, Pedro. Mr. Enyart, if you could briefly describe what is uh, Colorado Amendment 48. Yeah, it's a historic opportunity for the first time in 41 years, a statewide vote to acknowledge the God-given right to life of the unborn. And of course, our right to life comes to us from our creator, not from the doctor in the delivery room. So our rights come from our creator, and that would be at the moment that we are created. And so it's time to protect everyone, all children especially, uh, with love and law. And so if it were enacted, what would happen? Well, protecting the unborn child would stop, for example, Planned Parenthood from taking in their hundreds of millions of dollars a year uh, to perform abortions on children. These kids, you know, they're, uh, they're precious boys and girls. Half the time, the pregnant woman has a boy inside of her. Half the time, it's a girl. So it's not the woman's body, it's a separate body. Stop the tape, stop the tape. Today, that's wildly controversial, right? That actually was not controversial 13 years ago. Today, that's the equivalent of hate speech, to say that a pregnant woman has a boy or a girl, a son or a daughter, within her womb. But the point, of course, still stands when the left says that it's the mother's body, well, the mother has two X chromosomes. The birthing person has two X chromosomes. Half the time, the baby has an X and a Y chromosome. 
Obviously, the body in your body is not your body. It's not an organ. If you look at an anatomy text and you look at all the organs in a woman's body, a female human being, she doesn't have two hearts. She doesn't have two livers. She doesn't have two lungs. She doesn't have two heads. She doesn't have four limbs. Right? The body in your body is not your body. Kids, they will, as they grow in the womb, even in the first trimester, they will suck their thumbs, play with their toes. They will sleep and dream, and they grow to know their mother's voice as compared to, say, a nurse when they're born. So it's really wrong to kill these kids for whatever reason, but there's a national corporate guilt because for so long we have been killing our own children. And so there are all kinds of ways people obfuscate about what Amendment 48 would do, but what it does is tells society that we need to love children, that all children need to be loved and protected by law. Crystal Klinkenbeard, as far as this concept is concerned, if this were to pass in Colorado, what would it mean and what would be the implications? Well, Amendment 48 puts a brand new definition in the Colorado Constitution and grants a fertilized egg the same rights that you and I enjoy. The most obvious consequence of Amendment 48 is that it would ban abortion in Colorado with no exceptions, even for women who are survivors of rape and incest or when that woman's health's at risk. But our concern with Amendment 48 is that it actually goes much further than that. For example, a woman who has cancer might find that she is not able to receive life-saving medical treatment because a fertilized egg would have the very same constitutional rights that she does. Um, it could also apply to common methods of birth control, like birth control pills, because sometimes the pill prevents a fertilized egg from implanting in the uterus. Um, the word person appears in Colorado state statute 20,000 times, and that's the real final significant concern with Amendment 48, because by changing the constitutional definition of the word person, you ultimately wind up impacting thousands of Colorado laws. And so that would happen by the passage of this one, and particularly in, in issues of health care, is that the basic argument? Yeah, you know, the Amendment 48 will really put the government courts and lawyers between women, their doctors, and in the middle of their most personal, private health care decisions. And then, you know, the secondary argument that goes along with that is that Amendment 48 would really destabilize the Colorado judiciary system because um, in, in changing the definition of the word person in the Colorado Constitution, you wind up ultimately impacting almost every law. And that's why, for example, the Colorado Bar Association opposes Amendment 48, not based on the health consequences, but in fact based on the mess that this would create in the Colorado legal system. And well, Pedro, well, uh, before, uh, before we, I'll let you get to your statement, I just want to let our phone callers uh, get an opportunity to talk to both of you. If you have questions for both of our guests this morning, uh, here are the numbers that you can call. They all start with a 202 area code. It's 737-0001 for Republicans, 737-0002 uh, for Democrats, and for Independents, 628-0205. Uh, Mr. Enyard, go ahead. Pedro, I talked about the corporate guilt, and so we feel this need to confuse the matter. Back when we were trying to stop slavery, abolition, people said, well, I'm against slavery, but think of all 
the difficulty this would cause for our economy, for our political system, if we acknowledge blacks as people, think of all the difficulties to our societal structure. Those arguments are irrelevant. What matters is that a child should be honored by the adults in society, should be loved and protected. Online, there's a website, snowflakes.org. Time Magazine, writing about our Amendment 48, linked to snowflakes.org. It shows pictures of beautiful children who have been adopted and their lives began in test tubes. They were adopted as frozen embryos. And these kids, they were months or years away from their biological mother and father when that sperm fertilized the egg. There is a brand new living human being and these kids are precious children. They might have their dad's eyes and their mother's temperament but they are now adopted by a new family and raised in a, a loving home. And those kids, they came into existence. Their rights started not in the hospital, but their rights started when they were created at that moment of fertilization. And if we deny that, that fundamental truth of when life begins, Planned Parenthood, Crystal, they avoid the question of when does life begin? They can't answer that question. All of science acknowledges that the human being, that that human, that unique new human comes into existence when that sperm fertilizes the egg and our opponents say, well, we don't know when the moment of fertilization is, but that egg knows because as soon as one sperm fertilizes that egg, a dramatic change happens in the cell wall and all the other suitors, they're rebuffed. It's too late. There's now a new precious little boy or a little girl right there and we need to love and protect all children beginning right at that first moment of life. Ms. Clinkingbird, we have callers lined up, but if you wanted to respond before we go to those callers. Well, I, I certainly do. There were so many misstatements uh, that, that Bob just made. The, the first is he loves to use the example of in vitro fertilization, but what he neglects to mention is that Resolve, the National Infertility Association, opposes Amendment 48 because the way that Amendment 48 defines person at the moment of fertilized egg could in fact ban in vitro fertilization in Colorado. Um, beyond that, it's just offensive to compare uh, a fertilized egg to the long struggle for African Americans in the United States uh, to have full e legal rights. Um, amendment 48 just goes too far, and the proponents of this dangerous amendment uh, refuse to acknowledge the real-world consequences of their actions. Our guest will be with us uh, for the next uh, 25 minutes. Harlington, Texas, our line for Democrats. You are up first for our guests. Go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, my question is for uh, Mr. Inyart. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. I would ask, like to ask you a few questions. One is, uh, why are you saying when life begins instead of when a human being begins? I noticed that, you know, bacteria is life. So I don't understand. That's one question. I have more than that. I would also like sure. to know if you're if you are pro the death penalty. I'm from Texas, sure, a and uh, I'll let me finish. I'm not through. Are you pro the death penalty in Texas? We have the death penalty. Teenagers during George Bush's uh, reign, they were put to death. Retarded teenagers. He didn't pardon them. That was 
perfectly okay. I'm against the death penalty, but I am uh, pro-choice. Okay, I would like to know. The other question is, uh, if a woman is uh, pregnant because her own father raped her, do you think it's okay that she should be put through that emotional turmoil uh, carrying a, her father's baby for nine months? We'll have to leave it there, Mr. Enyard. All right, Pedro, if you help me uh, remember those three, I'll start with the last one. Abortion for incest is cruel. What it does is it encourages the would-be criminal to rape his young relative, and he knows if she's pregnant, if he impregnates her, he can bring her to Planned Parenthood, and nationwide, systematically, Planned Parenthood, Crystal's former employer, does not. They refuse to comply with mandatory reporting for suspected sexual abuse of minors. And so, just as in California in August, the case noted by the California Supreme Court, uh, a man will commit incest, impregnate his young relative, bring her to an abortion clinic. They will ask no questions. He'll take her home and continue to abuse her. So the abortion clinic often sends the victim home with her rapist to be continually sexually molested. She asked Abortions about your incest is cruel. She asked about your stance on the death penalty. Yes, Colorado Right to Life, uh, the directors, I'll speak for the directors, uh, support punishing the guilty and protecting the innocent. So a child is innocent, and if someone is guilty of murder or some other crime, rape or kidnapping, we support punishing the guilty and protecting the innocent. So personally, uh, I'm for the death penalty, punishing the guilty and protecting the innocent. She also asked why you use the term life rather than human being. Sure, life. Uh, a leaf is a life. A dog is a life. Uh, you have living cells in your epidermis. But a human being, we could use a human life as a synonym for a human person. We have tissue and we have tumors. And even though the abortion industry will refer to a baby in the womb as a parasite or a tumor, a human being is different than a cell, than a living cell. But, but okay. once you have a fertilized egg, you have a new, unique human being. Let me leave it there. Reno, Nevada. Good morning. I'm so glad this thing came up again. I, um, as a citizen of the United States, I resent having to pay for abortions for um, uh, these kids that go out and get themselves pregnant. It's not my responsibility to have to pay for this. And anybody now or any other organization does not speak for me, never has. In fact, they've never asked. And frankly, how is it that it is our responsibility to pay for this? You, that woman that's sitting next to Mr. Enyart, I want to know, how is it she, she feels that it's my responsibility to pay for somebody else's irresponsibility? Ms. Klinkenbeard, go ahead. I really appreciate that question. Um, it's, a, it's a really common misperception that, that federal and state funds are going towards abortion services. On the federal level, the Hyde Amendment in the late 1970s banned 
public funds from going towards abortion services, except for in the most extreme circumstances. And most states have also passed uh, restrictions on that as well. So here in Colorado, no federal funds go towards abortion services, no state funds go towards abortion services. And, and the fact that the proponents of Amendment 48 here in Colorado keep trying to raise the specter of Planned Parenthood receiving tax dollars to pay for abortion services is not only false, it's deceptive and manipulative uh, to Colorado voters. So that's, that's just absolutely not true. It doesn't happen. Well, regarding tax-funded abortions, Planned Parenthood receives hundreds of millions of dollars of federal tax money, your, my tax money, Crystal's, and Barack Obama supports tax-funded abortions. Generally, even John McCain supports funding surgical abortions. Just since he's been a senator, 300,000 babies killed with tax-funded abortions by, with the support and the vote, the yes vote of John McCain on his so-called exceptions. You know, kids are not exceptions. So that and so the callers... I have to object to his characterization of this. The, the public funds that go to Planned Parenthood actually fund basic family planning services. They fund cancer screenings, they fund birth control services, they fund education services, and all of those things help prevent unintended pregnancy and the need for abortion. I, I also think that the, the really telling thing is that uh, the proponents of Amendment 48 are so willing here in Colorado to talk about anything but the real fact of what their amendment does, which is to ban abortion in the state of Colorado with no exceptions, even for women who are survivors of rape and incest and when the health of that woman is at risk. Here's the, uh, here, okay. Hold on, Mr. Anya. Uh, here's uh, the text of Colorado Amendment 48 defying the term person to include any human being from the moment of fertilization and apply this definition to the person, to the sections of the Colorado Constitution that to protect the natural and essential rights of persons, allow open access to courts for every person, and ensure that no person has his or her life, liberty, or property taken away without due process of law. Hold on to both your thoughts. We're going to take another call. Reading, Pennsylvania, go ahead. Um, good morning. This is for the gentleman. You go, write, hello? Go ahead, sir. Okay, you write the life people care so much about children that are no longer here. Meanwhile, children are being molested on the Internet, babies being molested by their pacifiers on the Internet, children are being left um, by their parents, children are being horribly mistreated in this country, hungry, starving, don't have health care. Do you put this much effort into helping children who are already here suffering than you do for children who are not here? And you're, it seems to me you're more concerned about taking away people's rights than you care about children. Be honest about it. Mr. Enyart. The uh, president of Colorado Rights to Life, Columbine dad Brian Rohrbaugh, his son Danny was murdered by Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. He went on to become the president of American Right to Life. He's now running for vice president with Alan Keyes. He and his wife, Lisa, went to the Ukraine, adopted uh, two children out of an orphanage. Uh, Pro-lifers adopt children. Uh, when, if there is a baby who is not wanted and not loved, a baby, pre please bring that baby to me. I'm a director of Colorado Right to Life. My wife, Cheryl, and I will love 
that baby. And Ronald Reagan's Surgeon General, C. Everett Koop, warned the nation that if we legalize this crime of killing children, child abuse would increase because women know, pregnant women know, that in their womb they're carrying not a tumor, but they're carrying a baby. How's the baby? People ask one another. And today there's a phenomenon in restaurants. Young waitresses often have a hard time making eye contact with babies, with infants. It's so tragic that abortion, women know, even according to Planned Parenthood's own research, the Alan Guttmacher Institute, millions of women know it's a baby, and when they've killed that baby, they've had to suffer the consequences. It's turned the hearts of our nation against children. Ms. Klinkenberg, we'll go to you next, but let's take a call from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Sir, uh, mine is a follow-up question to the previous caller. Um, what percentage towards uh, education and prevention and uh, that type of uh, information does the center uh, do out in Colorado there? The, the Planned Parenthood here in Colorado? Actually, for was that, both was that your question? Yes. The, the overwhelming majority of Planned Parenthood services here in Colorado go towards education, birth control services, and cancer screenings. Um, nationally, I think it's fewer than 10% than of Planned Parenthood services are abortion services. Um, and, and, you know, the bigger issue is instead of having these divisive political debates, we should be focusing on investing funds into helping people make responsible choices. Woodstock, and of course, go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Of course, money's fungible. So when Planned Parenthood gets hundreds of millions of tax dollars, and they say, "Oh, we don't use it uh, for the abortions we perform," they're the number one abortion provider in the nation. Uh, that's a silly uh, juvenile argument. Money is fungible. When a when our organization receives money, we could spend it in one area or another. That's true with Planned Parenthood too. And you know, he the. Mr. Inyer likes to forget that there are federal and state regulations about where those funds can be used. Um, it's, it's simply not true and a myth that Planned Parenthood is receiving taxpayer dollars to provide abortion services. Woodstock, Illinois, good morning. Yes, um, my first comment is that what I don't seem to understand is why people don't realize that pro-choice people don't. Is women do have a choice to um, to pregnancy by not getting themselves pregnant and uh, so this pro-choice business should be done before they get themselves pregnant another thing I would like to discuss especially with Planned Parenthood is that where are the men's rights in this situation we are pro-life and if my son my teenage son should accidentally get a girl pregnant I would like to know where are his rights he is the father I'm pro-life and I would not want my grandchild killed Another thing about pro, uh, Planned Parenthood is who gives you the right to speak for parents when it comes to their children? Ms. Klinkenbeard. Well, I, I appreciate those questions, and, and Pedro, if you can help me remember if I skip something, I'd appreciate it. Um, you know, a, a Planned Parenthood really works to provide people with the education, information, and services that they need to make responsible decisions. And it's tragic that in this country about half of all pregnancies are unintended and about 40% of those end in abortion. So our Planned Parenthood's efforts really are towards 
preventing unintended pregnancies by making sure that people have education and information and, and ultimately making sure that they have access to the birth control services they need to, to prevent an unintended pregnancy. You know, very few people choose a lifetime of abstinence, and so it's important that once people make the decision to be sexually active, they have access to uh, the birth control services they need, and that's really um, what Planned Parenthood's about doing. You talked and about we you, well, one more question. You talked about the the legal arguments uh, when we started this. If this amendment passes, could that ultimately go up to line to what it could do for Roe versus Wade? Absolutely, and, and actually your question reminded me of a, of a really important point about Amendment 48 here in Colorado. Because it grants a fertilized egg the very same constitutional rights that you and I enjoy, members of the medical community are really gravely concerned that it could be used to ban common methods of contraception like birth control pills and IUDs that so many families rely on to help prevent unintended pregnancies. Um, to your question about Roe v. Wade, uh, the proponents of Amendment 48 have been really clear, and, and I don't think that Bob would disagree, that the hope with uh, creating a new definition of person in Colorado and granting a fertilized egg the same constitutional rights that you and I enjoy is that they'll create a test case for Roe. Mr. Yenyard. Uh Regarding uh, the legal complications, it's obfuscation, it's confusion. What if we acknowledge Jews as people in Germany? What if we acknowledge blacks as people? What will that do to our political process? That is a result of the guilt because we've been killing our kids. The claim that women and doctors are going to go to jail because of medical treatment, that is shown to be obfuscation because before Roe v. Wade, we had ectopic pregnancies in America, the baby developing in the fallopian tube. We did not have our courts filled with doctors and women going to court and to jail because of having to save the life of a mother in an ectopic pregnancy. And so it's simply wasn't in the Colorado Constitution before Roe v. Right, Wade. Right, but before Roe v. Wade, abortion was legal in dozens of states, and those states, even though they protected the unborn child, they were not bringing charges against doctors and moms for a normal health care. You tr you try to love the baby and the mother. You don't kill the mother to save the baby, and you don't kill the baby to save the mother. You try to love and protect both, and when the baby dies, as is commonly the case, that's a tragedy, but you don't stop halfway, like in a partial birth abortion, stop and kill the baby. If the mother's life is at risk, you deliver the baby. You do a C-section. You remove the baby. You don't deliver him halfway, breach, stop, kill the baby, and then continue. That is not loving and protecting the mother. That's the intention to kill the baby, and that's what's wrong. That's why we have to love and protect all children. Let me get a call in here. Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, good morning. Go ahead, Kansas City. Hello? Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, uh, I would like to talk to the gentleman. Uh, it seems like you uh, right to lifers are very delusional. For you to say that you would risk a woman's life to have a baby is just ridiculous and then I didn't on say top that, of Carl. that for uh, incest or 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 a woman has been raped for you to put her through that type of emotional issue to have a baby is just ridiculous 
And then, even farther than that, when the babies come here, are you going to help them? Are you going to put programs out there to take care of them, to help them? No, you write, like, write the libraries, go on to the next issue. Maybe a young woman can't take care of a baby. Mr. Enyard. If you have a baby, if you have a baby that you will not love or care for, bring that baby to me. I can't imagine turning away a baby and somebody saying there's no one to love this baby, this infant. Uh, regarding incest, abortion for incest is cruel to women because her rapist brings her to Planned Parenthood. We brought evidence of this to the Colorado Republican Attorney General's office and they just dismissed it. Systematically, nationwide, Planned Parenthood refuses to comply with mandatory reporting of suspected child sexual abuse. They simply don't report. And so the rapist brings his niece or his stepdaughter to Planned Parenthood. They get rid of the evidence and they send her home with her rapist. That is cruel. And we don't say the mother has to risk her life. You save the life of the mother. You don't kill the mother to save the baby. That would be immoral. You don't kill the baby to save the mother. You try to save both. If it's an ectopic pregnancy, you remove the baby from the fallopian tube. Tragically, the baby dies. But if it's a late-term abortion, uh, you don't intentionally kill the baby, like Dr. Martin Haskell from Ohio does by stabbing the baby in the back of the neck. Now, partial birth abortion is banned, but it hasn't stopped one abortion Ms. because they just use different techniques. Ms. Klinkenbird, if you wanted to comment. I, I would very stop much like tape, to comment. Stop the tape. Let's hear Crystal's response on our next program. We've been listening to a discussion on C-SPAN back 13 years ago when Colorado had on the statewide ballot Amendment 58. That was our abolitionist personhood amendment that would stop all abortion in this state. We're interested in helping you fight abortion. Check out kgov.com slash abortion.